You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello and welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. My name's David Frizzell, and I'm guessing that you've tuned in because, like me, this whole social media thing is a mystery to you, or at least doing it well is a mystery for you. We all know that in 2019, if you have a business or a professional reputation to protect and enhance, a clever social media plan has to be part of it. But what does good look like? And even more importantly, what are the clangers, the cringeworthy approaches to online presence that we have to avoid? Nicola Morass is here to help. She is a social media advisor. She's helped thousands of companies around the world plan and deliver their social media and marketing strategies. And right now, she's here to help us. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nicola Morass. Nicola Morass, welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. Thanks for having me, David. Hey, what, what an industry you are in. What a special topic you have of the time. It's just growing. I bet your advice, your consultancy, that the work that you do is just increasing in demand. Is that right, Nicola? It really is. And if we look at the world of social media, it's it's becoming very apparent and obvious, particularly if you're in business or if you even if you want to develop your own leadership capabilities and things like that. That social media is just, it's no longer, an, it's not a nice to have anymore. Yeah, it's not an option. It, it's, it's, it's a necessity. Hmm. Hey, uh, what we're going to do in this episode, it, it's a real treat for the listeners because you are just going to help us learn the skills, learn the know-how, what's behind building a powerful social media presence. And that's really cool because everyone, it seems, is trying to do it. And from mm-hmm. my position on the sidelines, it seems as though some people do a good job. Other people Mm -hmm. are doing a really incredibly annoying, terrible job of it. So (laughs) this is going to be a really powerful lesson for our listeners and me as well. So I'm really pumped about this. Let's start with the why. So basically what we're going to talk about is the why, the what, what do we create? What stuff do we post online? And I love that bit in your book where you talked about, okay, I'm going to do this today. Today's the day I'm going to do a post. And you sit there and you're staring at the blank screen or you're staring at that box that says, what's on your mind? And mm-hmm. you you kind of freeze in that way. So we're going to talk about the why, the what, and the how, how we should go about crafting not just what we post, but the plan that sits behind it. How's that sound, Nicola? Can you handle that? Oh, sounds right up my alley. <laughs> you're, willing to give, you're willing to give it away for free, which is something that absolutely delights me. Now, and I'm unashamedly just going to ask you questions that I'm wondering about my own presence and what I should be doing. So, so just brace yourself for the the blatant self uh, <laughs> self interest that you're going to hear here. I'm right, so, so ready. So right. ready. <laughs> why? Why do I have to be on social media? Beside the fact that everyone's doing it. Well, if we're in business and we want to be able to reach our prospective audience and influence them, motivate them, inspire them, educate them, and eventually, you know, ideally, in in a perfect world, we want some of them to become our customers and clients. 
And what we're looking at, I mean, at Facebook alone has got 2.3 billion active users on there with half of them being daily active on their mobile devices. You just can't go past the sheer volume of people out there. So it gives us the ability to be able to get in front of people who are killing time, they're researching, they are, they're spending their time looking and seeing what everybody else is doing, for example, or in their lunch breaks, they're looking at what their neighbors are doing or whatever things like that. And so we've got this really great opportunity where they're, it's almost like their guards are down and we can say, hey, you know, if you're experiencing this, this problem, then here's something that can help you. Or if you want to achieve this goal, dream, desire, then hey, here's something that, that can help you through that. We don't have any other way right now that is so highly targetable and so hungry for content that our people, our viewers, our our prospective clients are just, they're just eating it all up. So really when we look at why, it's about being able to reach a larger volume of people than we've ever had access to before and our competitors are all over it. So we really need to provide our audiences with the blessing of ourselves (laughs) and, and the services that we provide to them in the way that we do it. Hey, I get the feeling that a lot of our conversation is going to be geared tonight towards people who have got a service or a product to sell. They're a small business owner or a large business owner or whatever it might be, but they're trying to sell something. So we'll we'll focus on those, and that's probably where the meat of this lies. But just for a moment before we get into that, what about Mm -hmm. someone who hasn't necessarily got anything to sell? I might be an employed professional part of a large organization, I'm paid a salary, I'm not a salesperson. Why should I think about my social media presence? What's in it for me? Well, most people, many people, rather than using a blank statement of everybody, blanket statement of everybody, most people have career aspirations. They might look to get a career up the level, if you like, even within an existing organization. The thing with social media is that 70% of employers are actually going to social media to research the people who have applied for a role before even offering them an interview. So, Mm. if they've got a pile high of applications and and you know what it's like, you know, people, it's becoming tough in the job market as well as in the small business realm. So, if you want to cut through the noise of that massive pile of job applicants, how are you going to do that? And if you know that a prospective employer is, you know, most likely going to go and research you online first, then it makes sense, again, to use the tools that we have available to us, the free tools that we have available to us to craft and create a really strategic online presence that supports our future endeavors, whether it's about getting a promotion, whether it's about cross-skilling and and changing careers, whether it's about becoming self-employed, whatever it might be. We've got this really amazing resource where we actually get to somewhat control the conversation and really create a the platform and the ability to create an amazing first impression for when people come across us. So is it fair to say if, if I'm an employed person, an employed professional, and mm-hmm. I, I want to think about my social media presence, I've just thought of this, it could be very wrong. Is it fair to say 
with my socials, my my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, I just need to keep that tidy, you know, scandal free. Whereas with my LinkedIn, that's where I could be actively kind of showing people what I'm interested in, the thoughts that I have, the the professional understandings and intelligence that I have, knowing that after my next successful interview, a prospective mm-hmm. employer is going to be looking through that. Yeah, I would do the same on Facebook and LinkedIn. Instagram's a little bit be different. Be wise and thoughtful on Facebook? Well, I would share articles. I mean, we've, we've got, there are so many professional organizations, publications that do have a presence on Facebook. And mm. if you come across an article that you're like, oh my gosh, this is really, this is really helpful. This absolutely supports my beliefs. I know it's going to be supportive of the culture of the organization that I'm going to step into then it makes sense to share share it in both places because we, we don't know where the employer is going to go and research. So leverage everything that you've got available and I would even potentially go a step further, like keep LinkedIn the way that you've suggested. Then with Facebook, maybe even look at, look at it one step further where you have a personal profile that is just completely locked down, that's not public that's not right. viewable by you, me, and, you know, Joe Blogs next door and create another profile that's perhaps a little bit more professional that you're not going to get tagged in on those Saturday nights where you've been out with friends or anything like that. Anywhere that, that there may be compromising things that go on, keep this other side of you pretty, you know, pretty conducive to creating the kind of impression that you would want someone to create of you. Oh my goodness, Nicola, that sounds exhausting. I think I, know. I, I, I bet people are listening right now think that's am I old fashioned? I'm just about to turn 44, by the way. So mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. the vintage you're dealing with here. I, I guess I'm one of those people that lived a long time of my life without social media, but have had mm-hmm. it around for a good chunk. So I'm right in the middle there. I'm a I'm a Gen X. And it's that seems exhausting to me. I kind of was very comfortable with that delineation that Facebook is for friends and hobbies. And mm-hmm. LinkedIn is where I'm professional me. And I, and I know, and, I, and people have heard me say on the podcast a million times, there's no professional you and social you that you're just mm-hmm. you. But when it comes mm-hmm. to how I engage and what I post and what I talk about, I kind of had that really neat delineation in my line in my life. Mm-hmm. And you've just suggested that I need to sort of up my game, button my shirt up a little bit when it comes to LinkedIn, uh, sorry, Facebook. Well, I guess it depends on what your goals are. And this is really an alignment conversation, right? If you are wanting to step up in your career and you are wanting to give yourself the absolute best advantage for getting that promotion or becoming a senior manager or whatever the next level is for you. For me, that's um, boss of the world. There you go. Me too. That's my next level. (laughs) Queen of everything. (laughs) I'm just under it. (laughs) My application's in. I just believe they're scanning my social media. (laughs) But I guess it's like, you know, if we've got these things, you know, why not use them to your advantage? It doesn't mean that you have to use it that way forever, mm. right? It's about using what we've got the same way that you would go in and dress for the role that you want when you go in to go, go for an interview. You would invest in making sure that your suit is pressed and that your shirt is nice. So you're wearing something that, that is respectful of the environment. So it's Love kind of shower. like with. That's right, exactly. We're deodorant. (laughs) So if we just look at this as another tool that we use for a while to help us achieve our goals, then you can shut that 
you know, shut that down later on. It doesn't, mm. It's not something you have to commit to forever. Whether it's a half-day energizer session or a comprehensive team and leadership program, Team Guru's unique approach could be just what the doctor ordered for your organization. All right. Well, I'm exhausted by that. I, I, I'm going to reject your advice there, Nicola, and that sounds terrible of me, but I'm going to continue to be lazy <laughs> on Facebook. And I, I was Go looking the other day, so I'm a bit of a voyeur on Facebook. I look a mm-hmm. little bit, and I especially yes. look on my hobby groups, uh, yes. but I post very little. In fact, I noticed just the other day, the last time I posted was almost exactly a year ago. That's pretty oh. ordinary. But but LinkedIn, different story. So we'll get to the professional people, people who, are, who have services- products that they're trying to sell really mm-hmm. soon. But I oh, no, we'll get that to, to that now. But before we get to the good stuff and how we should go about it and form our strategy and what we should actually post, I'd love to look at the world through your eyes for a minute, Nicola, with your level of expertise and your level of awareness with social media mm-hmm. behavior. When you look at people trying to sell their wares on LinkedIn, what makes you cringe? On LinkedIn specifically? Well, I guess because I'm still mem- I remember I'm old man mindset, so I'm thinking as LinkedIn <laughs> is the the place to sell your wares. No, talk to me about it in general. People who are okay. selling their professional services or products on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever it might be, what makes you cringe? When there's a couple of things. One thing is when they're only sharing one facet of them, which is often the buy my service. I've got this service coming up. I've got this sale and you should buy it. Um, I've got this, or when they call something that like a discovery call, for instance, when we know it's a sales call, you know, people are, people are really savvy these days. You know, it's not 10 years ago when this sort of become, started becoming a lot more prevalent and we're in the, you know, in the really growth area 10 years ago. Now, if you say, oh, like, let's hop on the phone and we'll have a discovery session, it's like, well, you know, we all know that you're going to try and sell us something. You know, it's not. Mm. Let's. It's, so the thing that really gets me is when people are really underhanded or they're deceitful or they just try and, you know, use those kind of smarmy sales yeah, tactics. That, mm. Yeah, that really just, you know, Give everyone else in that industry or everybody else who's, you know, trying to be real and authentic a really, you know, it makes our job a lot harder. Mm. So I think that's one thing. But the other thing that we know about social media and the thing that I've really seen and it's really growing, the need for this is growing more and more, is we don't just want to see that one side of you. So we're not just looking to see just the the professional side. We also want to understand right. what's important to you. Like, what mm-hmm. are your values? What are you passionate about? We don't need to know all the ins and outs of you know what you're having for dinner. Although some people like mm-hmm. to post posting photos my of dinner that. On, on LinkedIn. <laughs> Great, I'm going right. to start doing that. No, I'm going to say LinkedIn. Nicola told me. <laughs> no, do so not you, tag I know me you on LinkedIn. Want to see more about me? Dinner. So here's my steak and sausages and, and chips <laughs> for dinner. Oh, I burned, burned, burned it again. No, <laughs> you know that. I guess LinkedIn and Facebook operate, and Instagram operates very differently. And I guess the things that I would be thinking about is you can't, we can't post the same things on LinkedIn or in the same way as what we do on Facebook. We do operate in the platforms very differently, and, and the way I guess like the, the the whole culture of each platform is different. So LinkedIn. Tell, is, tell us about is, that difference. Yeah, tell us about that difference. Uh, 
LinkedIn's particularly professional, right? Now, mm. on average, people spend about 10 minutes a day on LinkedIn. So, wow. we can't, like, it, it, it's, it's not the type of platform where you're going to go and post, you know, hour-long videos or mm. where you, you don't want to go in and sit in there all day every day and be connecting with everybody. Oh, I've just remembered another pet peeve. Okay, go. Another I thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's awful. Where and you might have had this happen before. I know it happens oh God, all the time. I might have done it. I'm, I'm just nervous right now because <laughs> when you, you when you said you thought of another one, I think, God, I hope I don't do this. So there's this guy called David. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a podcast and he just keeps That's on right. vlogging his podcast on LinkedIn. That's right. No one wants no. to hear about. It. <laughs> no, everyone wants to hear it. It's great. You're very entertaining. But the thing that we don't want is like we when there's a new connection made that you instantly get a message saying or within like within the first 12 hours, yeah. hey, great to meet you. I've just, just been checking out your profile and I've got this thing. Let's jump on a discovery call and you yeah, need this, yeah. this, this, this yeah. and this. Does that ever and, work? I mean, it just never, it can't work, surely. Well, someone's selling it as a strategy. I think the only person that is that that's working for is the person at the top of the chain that decided that that was a good freaking yeah. idea. It reminds me, I, I have a mate when we were young and awesome. He used to just play the numbers game at the nightclubs and he used to walk up to girls right. and say the most ridiculously foul things, knowing that he was going to be rejected every mm-hmm. time except maybe the 10,000th time. And he That's was happy right. with those odds. Is that the same game? And, and that, that made the rest of it, even the guys, it made our skin crawl that that was his game. Is that what these guys on LinkedIn are doing? Are they essentially the grub around a nightclub walking up to chicks saying the most unrealistic things? It's exactly what it's like and it feels the same, incidentally. I mean, being on the Mm. receiving end of some of those Mm. cringy nightclub guys. I've not ever experienced that. I can only imagine. Oh, it's just- it's just like you, you, you kind of have to look sideways and go, are you, are you for real? Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, go, go talk to somebody game. else or not. Just go. Mm-hmm. But I guess like the thing is, is that we, we LinkedIn and everybody is time poor, right? But on LinkedIn, I think it's even worse because there's just not even for, – for a lot of the messages that I've had, there's no – like ease into it. And and I talk about this in the book about the relationship building process and people have forgotten just basic common courtesy. You know, if you and I meet in a coffee shop, you're not going to say, oh, Nicola, you need to buy an annual subscription to my podcast. It's really freaking awesome <laughs> because I know that you're, you know, that you're bored and that you have nothing to do in your day. <laughs> like, and that feels like what, what they're saying. Yeah. Or you need That's my right. services. You know, one of, one of my pet peeves is when someone connects with you on LinkedIn and then they send you something like that. But they, mm-hmm. do, they they have the same services that I have, and I think you exactly you haven't even looked at my profile. You're trying to sell me what I yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't that's, even take twenty cool. seconds. Yeah, no, it's yeah. really uncool, and and it is rife actually in LinkedIn. I don't oh, I don't see it happen so much oh. in Facebook. Yeah, it is just really icky. And now I've forgotten what the original question was. I got so, so excited. I was, I was, about I was actually it. asking you to tell us the difference between LinkedIn and Facebook. That's so it. we've we've sort of covered the cringes of LinkedIn. That's Let's cover the cringes of Facebook and then let's get into the good stuff. Let's get into the way that we could think about approaching this intelligently and professionally mm-hmm. from a relationship building point of view. Perfect. So the thing that, that irks me about Facebook is actually a really similar thing where at the moment, again, someone is teaching and selling that the really great way of 
of connecting and making money is by inviting people to be your friend and then instantly getting them to like your business page or mm. they'll come over and they'll they'll like the most, you know, your, your last two weeks worth of posts and then they'll send you a message saying, oh, again, like I, I really love your stuff and I'm doing this thing and I think, you know, I know that you're experiencing these problems, like you've got marketing problems, we're a Facebook ad agency or we're a marketing yeah. agency, we're a branding agency, or so, hey, we're a content creation industry. I'm just <laughs> like, wait, what? You know. So there's all of that. It, it's just it's, it reeks of inauthenticity. I don't know how anybody mm. can expect that trust is going to be built when people try and start a relationship that way. It just it yeah. makes me scratch my head. Mm. All right, then that that you're you're absolutely right. You know what? I, I haven't experienced that as much on Facebook. I, I guess I'm just mm-hmm. not on Facebook enough. I mm-hmm. everything that you talked about with those type of experiences on LinkedIn resonates mm. very strongly with me. It, it seems to be really bad at the moment. Actually, um, mm. it just we seem to be going through a very bad patch in Australian LinkedIn. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a global trend, but l- Facebook not so much. All right, let's get to the good stuff then. So people oh. are listening to this. The title of this podcast will be something amazing like how to be awesome on on social media, how to build your brand, all that, whatever it might be. So they've tuned in for that. So let's let's help people build that powerful social media presence. How do I even begin thinking about that? Well, the first thing is, is with anything, is we've, we've got to really determine what it is that you want to get out of it. So what are your mm-hmm. goals? Why are you doing this? You mentioned before about Facebook being a bit of a time sucker, I think. And and it can be. And it's like the black hole of time. So the last thing mm. that you want to do is to get on there, go to post something, stare at the screen blankly. It's like that that word document with a flashing cursor that you know yeah, you can always imagine you. as writer's block. That's right. And I guess like the first that's that's the first thing. Like why are you on there? And if you're in business, To me, it makes sense that you're going to, as with any marketing endeavor, that you want to make money from it. You want to sell something. And without selling your soul. Exactly right. And without doing the the douchey things like we've discussed. (laughs) So we want to do things in a really authentic way. That's right. Really authentic from a place of really sharing what makes us so different because your industry is competitive, my industry is ridiculously competitive, every industry is competitive, and there are more and more people coming onto the scene on a daily basis. So we've got to be able to use it to generate a return on investment. That's, you know, otherwise why bother? Why are you doing it? Just use it for your own social activities and don't use it as a marketing platform. Hey, you talk a lot in your book about relationship building. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. interested in that because, to be honest, I don't really do a lot of that because you don't sell my services online. My services mm-hmm. are sold through relationships, through networks, yeah. through having worked before with clients. That's you know, yeah. no one buy, no one jumps on LinkedIn and says they want a leadership program. Click. That's just not yes. how it works. Yes. Uh, no one buys my consulting services that way. But yeah. But you've obviously seen or, or understand the process of forming relationships with people over social media and building towards mm-hmm. a sale. I mean, is that just to sell a water bottle or can you actually sell high value stuff by building relationships online? You can do both. The way that you would do this from a high value perspective is 
essentially just just and with with any product actually or any service it doesn't matter whether you're selling something for five dollars or whether you're selling something for fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars which literally happens it's not a button that you click oh yes I'm going to give that person 50 grand but it's part of the process so the way that we want to look at doing it is the same way that you would build a relationship with anyone and you're not just going to we use the the bar analogy and I talk about that in the book as well where if you go to a bar and you meet someone and you're standing chatting at the bar you ask them questions and they ask you questions so we do the same thing online right we've got to know who our audience is otherwise we don't know what questions I think they're going to be asking so we we start by having a conversation with them we offer them advice hints tips strategies not the whole farm obviously but we give them as much as we can so that we can build trust so that they can keep coming back to the bar, keep getting to know us. And then if and when they're ready, we say, hey, like, do you want to go out for dinner? And we take that next step of a commitment, <laughs> right? And not like your mate. But doesn't it just feel like <laughs> you're being sold to all the way along? Because you know that's where it's headed. I mean, I've never been hit on. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that I kind of, I don't, you know, I know that for every female in the world, that's your experience going to bars. It's never happened to yeah. any guy ever. So <laughs> we, we don't know what that's like. So, so, but, yeah. but what it happens to me from a business point of view, I just feel like I'm being hit on. I feel like what it must be like to be a 25 year old woman in a bar. It depends on and, how. And it's icky. And I just think, no, you yeah. know, no matter how you're dressing this up, I know what you want. Well, isn't that what any business owner wants? Mm. Every business owner would, if there's a sale to be made and if it's an appropriate relationship and you can do the service and you're the right person and and there's a fit there from a value perspective and a values perspective, then isn't it okay to know that? I mean, I I talk pretty openly. It's like, hey, guys, you know, I know that some of you will want to buy from me. Some of you will want to come come to an event. Some of you might want to buy my book. Some of you might want to do X, Y, Z, depending on what I'm doing. But you know what? If you don't, that's fine. If you want yeah, to just sit right. there and, is, and use the free stuff, the marketplace, go for it? it. It is. So is there a kind of a rule of thumb of what type of products and services are best for so I mean, yours, obviously. You're, you're a social media advisor. You're on mm-hmm. social media. That makes perfect sense. I mean, you'd be yeah. mad not to be on there. But are there- professional services that just are steering clear of that kind of environment and doing business in another way, whereas that environment is more suited to different stuff? I honestly cannot think of an industry where someone has something to sell, you know, if we're talking about business, that would not benefit from having a social media presence. Now, it doesn't mean that you sell your thing online right? So, if you're a lawyer, let's say that you're a family lawyer and you're like going through this traumatic separation or not traumatic separation, whatever it might be. Just a separation. And you happen to come across someone, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you giving away a whole heap of advice, you know, just make sure that Mm -hmm. you're looking out for this. Make sure you're looking out for this. Have you thought about this problem? Have you thought about sorting out your parenting orders? Have Have you thought about this? So, it's not about pushing for a sale. Now, a lawyer isn't going to say they're not going to have a button on their Facebook page that says, hey, buy my services now that I would Mm. imagine. But they might say, hey, do you want to have a free consultation? We'll have a chat for half an hour. And if it's a fit, we'll organize a time for you to come in Mm. or we'll point you in the right direction. 
Yeah, you're right. You know what? That sounds good. You, you've got me. It, it isn't that barroom analogy. It is no. a, a place to share ideas and to yeah. put yourself out there as a professional. And yeah. if someone needs your services and they stumble across your information at the right time, then then that's be, the beginning of a relationship. Yep, I got that. All right. It, it doesn't seem as sleazy now. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, because it's not, you know, the, the thing The thing that annoys me and, and I think, you know, this is where, you know, what I hear kind of like in what you've been saying as well is that we don't always want to be constantly sold to. It, yeah. It's repelling. It's repulsive. Mm-hmm. And this is where that helping people with your with your free information or your advice or your tips, hints, tricks, whatever, and sharing success stories or Sharing failures actually as well I think is not necessarily a bad thing depending on the industry, maybe not in the family law scenario. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a great story about someone's life I ruined. It's a bit awkward. Um, but uh, but maybe, another firm. <laughs> maybe another firm. Maybe another firm. Don't do this. But, you know, it demonstrates without you going out there saying, you know what, I'm an expert in doing this. You know, yeah. it shares your expertise, your openness, your willingness to help and provide the right solution. The number of people that I've turned away or turned like turned towards other people is immeasurable. It's ridiculous. And I know that, you know, not everybody treats their businesses like that. But I think that and there's different people out there for everybody. There is more than enough to go around. So I think if you're able and as if business owners are able to really show up online put their best foot forward and and really think about their audience and be there from a place of service, the same as I imagine you would at a networking event. You're not going to go, I don't imagine you would go to a networking event and shove your business card in people's hands and say, you have to buy my stuff. It's awesome. Mm. Yes. I don't go to networking events. As my listeners have heard me say many times before, I'm a shy, introverted type, Nicola. Oh, I I hate networking events. (laughs) I'm so with you. That's right. Yeah, you you're right. You wouldn't do that. You just go up and you start having a conversation with That's with right. with someone, and and you you just engage as a human being. Hey, you just That's reminded right. me. I had a great conversation ages ago. So we're we're up well over the hundred episodes of the Team Guru podcast. But I, I just looked it up because I don't remember everything. Episode twenty seven. I had a great conversation with a guy called Jeff Herman about the mm-hmm. age of content marketing. That idea yep. of creating content that is useful mm-hmm. for the reader or the listener in yep. its own right. But it serves mm-hmm. the dual purpose of showing off your expertise at the same time. So everyone wins out of that. And Jeff made the really good point that there is no one who shouldn't be creating content. You know, a plumber should be creating content, just really giving mm-hmm. away their quick tips, recording mm-hmm. on their phone how to change a simple washer. That just mm-hmm. paints them in a good light. It helps out people on Facebook who are having a look and it shows off their professional now. So, and, and mm-hmm. it shows their businesses is a, a progressive online thinking kind of modern mm-hmm. business. So I really yeah. like that idea. And, it's, you know, partly that's what my podcast is all about. It started, exactly. I love my podcast now, but it's essentially started as content marketing, talking mm-hmm. and getting me in a position to talk about the things that are important in the in the leadership and the communication space. So I get that. I, I love that yeah. idea. Hey, Nicola, you make a really strong point in your book that, and this is a rule that I'm guessing a lot of us have broken, that you cannot outsource your social media. And it relates back mm-hmm. to this relationship building stuff that we've just been talking about. And it really ties into the the point that you're making about Jeff before as well. Do you know Jeff? No, I don't. 
Oh, but okay. you mentioned his name, so <laughs> and good, I agree very, with him. <laughs> good pickup, like a human yeah, being. You just you. caught onto that. Thank you. The, you know, the thing is, is that many people have that flashing cursor syndrome. They don't know what to post, and they think mm. that hiring a social media manager or a virtual mm. assistant is the answer because. Yeah. And what a lot of people do is they hand over the content creation to someone who is not them. Now, I'm all for you creating, you know, you and I are doing this interview now. You haven't outsourced yourself to the producer of the show (laughs) to to chat to me. You know, thank God because that would be a bit awkward. But you can go and have the tech people go and do the, the editing and the audio the balancing audio, yeah. and everything else that they do. You know, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with you writing your articles and sending that off to a virtual assistant or a social media manager, getting them to repurpose it and go and do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with is where people decide that they're really time poor and that they don't have time and they refuse to make the time for creating the content themselves. Yeah. Now, we live in a day and age where we can have an audio file transcribed and delivered to us within minutes. Yeah. We it's live amazing. in a day and age where we can create memes on our phones, where we can create audio files and send them to SoundCloud. We're not going to debate on the quality <laughs> of all of that, the quality well, of the sound. Some of have great quality sound. That's right. This show particularly. And the thing is, is that, you know, most people use this, oh, you know, I, I just don't have time as an excuse because they're scared. They're worried about saying the wrong thing, posting the wrong thing, being perceived by their peers as as too professional or unprofessional, breaking the rules or following the rules too tightly. They're trying to make everything perfect. And the reality is, is that no one else can do David like David does David. No one else can do Nicola how Nicola does Nicola. Nobody else can, they can try to emulate my voice, but, you know, in in the written word or in, in not so much in the verbal, but certainly in the written form. But to me, it's kind of like sending your PA on the first date. Yeah. Right? I love that analogy in your book. That was funny. <laughs> Patty. <laughs> Good old Patty. <laughs> it's nice to meet you and I'd just like you to chat with my, my assistant Patty for a while. Lovely. Right. I just need to go do some dancing. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're lying by, to your people before they've even had a chance to get to know you, doesn't that kind of... To me, it's like building a house of cards. You know, when they find out you didn't write that article or they find out that you didn't write that blog or that you didn't eat, they're quoting you and you didn't even say the thing, you know, how? It just, I don't understand how anyone thinks that that's okay. (laughs) Hey, you know what, Nicola? I did that. A, f- a number of years ago, at the beginning of the podcast, I, again, again, I just exactly what it said I I didn't have time nor the expertise, so I hired this person, probably a very lovely young lady, probably very capable, and her mm-hmm. job was to post about the podcast, and it was not a great experience. And some of the listeners will yeah. remember being bombarded on Facebook daily with just memes of things that were said on the podcast, just being boom, boom, boom every day with yeah. different stuff. And it wasn't, it was never the essence of the podcast. It, she never captured what yeah. was really important about the podcast. And worst of all, and this is what ended our relationship, she would mm. often make mistakes in the actual typing. And that killed me. So uh, we had to part ways. But I made that terrible mistake. And I, and I kind of arrived where you're talking about now 
you know, through common sense thinking, hey, I, I can't get someone else to post my thoughts for me. It just doesn't work no. that way. And it didn't work out. And she, I wasn't being represented the way I wanted to. So a mm. very belated apology to any listener who remembers that era of being bombarded <laughs> with team guru posts on Facebook. It wasn't me, but it was yeah. my doing. So I have to take responsibility. Hey, Nicola, we're quickly running out of time. So let's wrap it up. And I'm going to get you to talk through your five easy steps some of it we would have already covered, so we can just kind of wrap mm-hmm. that up. But I just want sure. to bundle it up really nicely for our listeners who probably no doubt enjoyed our toing and froing no end, but they want to walk <laughs> away with something really tangible. So what sure. are those five easy steps, no matter my industry, no matter my product or my services, that are going to help me understand how I go about doing this successfully? Great. The first thing that you've got to know is, as we talked about before, know your goal, know why you're doing this because then we can reverse engineer everything back from there. So if it's about generating profit, generating leads, creating presence, whatever it is, that's great. Know your goal. The next thing that you've got to know is who your audience is. So not just demographics, but also their psychographics, their problems, their goals, their dreams, desires, the things that keep them up at three o'clock in the morning that they're really, really worried about, the things, the secret stuff that they probably don't tell anyone else. You've got to know that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when you think you know, go deeper again, you know, so that you know these people really, really intimately. The third thing is you've then got to start creating content that talks into that. So whether it's a podcast series or whatever it is, we want to start creating. Don't make a podcast. Creating content. Don't know. We don't want the we we don't want the market flooded, especially not a good one. Don't make a don't make a good podcast, please. (laughs) And don't write a book either. There's lots of those. (laughs) (laughs) Start writing. Start talking. Do whatever it is that you find the easiest to do. So it might be recording audios. It might be doing Facebook live streams, doing short videos on LinkedIn if you find it easier just to turn your camera on and start speaking. Hey, that's the scary this is the scary bit though, isn't it? You talked about know your goal, great. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's a that's that's a tough question, but we can mm-hmm. we can think through that and we can talk through yeah. that with those close to us. What is why am I really doing it? It's not to make sales, it's to create relationships or it's to get yeah. leads or it's whatever. We can talk that through. The second yeah. one is to understand my audience. Well, you know, if you're in an industry and you're trying to sell your wares, chances are you do have an understanding. Think that mm-hmm. through, break it down, really get deep into what, as you say, is keeping mm-hmm. them up at night. That's all very manageable. It's mm-hmm. kind of safe and a bit passive. But when mm-hmm. we get to number three, start creating content. Now mm-hmm. that is where it gets tough. That's the brave bit. When you press send on something that you are saying, hey, this represents my thoughts, my capabilities, my professional persona, that's where it gets Mm -hmm. scary for people. It really can. And I think the thing that we've got to remember is that, and and we chatted briefly about this before, is like nobody does you better than you do you. No one else has got your knowledge, your experience, your know-how, your wins, your successes, your failures, your stories, your anecdotes. No one else, like even if they've got the same qualifications or modalities as someone else, that their life has been different. And then even if it's kind of similar, their personality is likely to be different or the way that they articulate things is going to be different. And we've all got our own strengths and things that we're trying to strengthen (laughs) versus having a weakness. 
And so for some people, this is where like the thing that I'd really, really strongly recommend that you guys all do is start with the thing that comes easiest for you. So if it's writing and it means that you don't have to have the camera on, great, go do that. If it's speaking, but you don't like to have the camera on, great, do audio. If you're really happy being on camera, then do that because every platform is rewarding video content at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we've got we've got to be creating content. And if you don't feel like you're an expert enough yet, then, you know, join the rest of the majority of humanity. You know, when we when we look at other people and and we start comparing, it's like that's when you've got to stop and just really own your experience. And if you don't have a whole wealth of experience, start talking about the journey that you're on. Start documenting what you're doing as you grow and move towards whatever it is that you look that you're doing. That's good advice. And 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 is that the case? Is that the point at which the people you help get stuck at number three when it comes to actually yeah. creating content? Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, great. Yeah. What's number four? Number four is make sure that you're you're putting it out on the platforms where your audience is. So point number two is important, but then the platforms that you'll choose. So the first platform that you have to have is your website. It's not negotiable, guys. It's whatever year it is, 2019 <laughs> at recording <laughs> of this. You know, you, you can't not have a website. It doesn't have to be the prettiest thing off the shelf, but you've got to have a website and it has to have a blog on it. And that could be a Ooh. video blog or it could be written. Or like you might post it as articles, however you'd like to write. The second platform is you've got to be on Facebook. Have a business page. This is not your own personal profile where you, you know, hang out with your family and post family photos and whatever. Have a business page that's specific that you use specifically for business. Serves two purposes. Number one, it's actually against Facebook's terms of service to use your personal profile for business. So Okay. Yeah, Didn't know that. Be aware of that. Um, Don't break and that then the rule. Sec- yeah. Then the second part is that we can actually advertise different posts or different things that link through to our business page. So it gives mm. us kind of this double prong approach. We're also not limited to the number of people who can follow us on our business page. Mm. On our personal right. profile, we're limited to five thousand connections. Really? Oh, I can only have yeah. 5,000 friends. Only 5,000. It doesn't seem enough. That's it. That's it. It's just, it's it never enough. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, you know, know your platform. So, your website and Facebook. And then, depending on your industry and depending on your audience, I'd suggest choosing between either LinkedIn or Instagram. If you've got more right. of a product-based business, then, you know, you're probably going to hang more out on Instagram. It makes sense. Yeah. If you're, you know, you were talking about your consultancy, if you're if you're a consultant, if you're a professional, if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant who's working with business people, you would choose LinkedIn. But if you're an accountant who wants to help out, you know, 22-year-olds finalizing their tax, then, you know, who are in retail, then you're probably going to hang out on Facebook more or, or Instagram. So, You've really got to know the platforms that your that your audience are on. Yeah, and that goes back to number one and two. What's your goal? And knowing mm-hmm. your audience, great, like exactly. it. There's a so there's it a circle there. In. It's like you've thought this through. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. What's the lucky last number five? The fifth thing is just make like rinse and repeat essentially, but remember to add in your call to action. And this is a step that most people in business tend to miss. 
because they don't want to land themselves in that sleazy kind of buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff loop. But unless we tell people that you have something that they can buy or that they've got some way of talking to you about how they can buy, like they're not mind readers. So let them know how they can progress the relationship to that next step. And that looks like a call to action. That's great stuff. I'll, I'll just run through those. Know your goal. Why are you on social media? Number two, who's your audience? Understand them deeply, their hopes and dreams and worries and anxieties. Number three, this is the tough one, start <laughs> creating content. And you and I know how tough that can be, Nicola. It's tough to get started and and it's tough to continue because it takes commitment to consistently create content. Number four, understand the platform. Know where your audience are hanging out and go to that platform. And number five, you've got to have a call to action. You've got to let your audience know that this person who's sharing amazing wisdom and amazing content has actually got something to sell. They're not just exactly. there to share information. They're, they can enter a business relationship with the audience. Uh-huh. That is fabulous stuff. Have you got any more pearls of wisdom before we sign off, Nicola? That's been fantastic insight. Thank you. I think that the, the biggest, if you guys take nothing else away from this today, but just some inspiration to share your awesomeness out into the world, then, you know, just go and do that and do it from a place of really owning your way of doing things. Don't do things in the way that I do it. Don't do things in the way that David does it. Follow the framework, obviously, but, you know, just do you because there's no one else out there in the world like you. You're so right. That is a great piece of advice. And I know it's We hear that sort of stuff a lot, but there is no better advice than that. Just be you. Be the you version of you doing what you do well, and Mm -hmm. you just can't go wrong. That is a great piece of advice. Nicola, I have so thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the Team Guru podcast. Thanks for having me. I have had a blast. And that was Nicola Morass. I loved our chat. She was a lot of fun. And some great advice too, those top fives. I'll remind you again, number one, know your goal. Why are you playing the social media game? What do you want to get out of it? Number two, know your audience. Understand what they need, their worries, their hopes, their dreams, their anxieties. And number three, this is the tough one. You've got to start creating content. Think about what's right for you, for your personality, for your business, your message, your professional knowledge. Number four, ensure you're on the right platform, the place where your target audience is hanging out. And number five, you've got to include a call to action. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Nicola on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website, That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, or LinkedIn, and join me for the next episode on this, my mission to bring to life the theory and principles of leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now.